<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. And welcome back. Uh, can I use your mic? DJ, hit me! This is the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Gary Hoffman. The problem, sir, is that our hero is not, uh, he's not a handsome man. Shannon Farron. The whole crowd band together and started chanting. Gary and Shannon. That's how the show started. Mercury retrograde thing. There's a lot going on. It's Mercury retrograde. You don't know what that is? It's better that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually better that way. When you don't know what it is, then you you don't realize that everything is, is out of whack. Has this been an out of whack? I week? know it has. Wow. Uh March 5th to the 28th. Mercury's in retrograde. Uh, you <laughs> I've never, I, I don't know what that is. I'll tell you all about it in Strange Science. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, uh, we have a lot to get to today. This is going to be a quite a four-hour show here because we have so much to get to, including, of course, Varsity Blues. I don't want your life. And the whole thing about... Thank you, Monica, for that. I can't yes. believe we missed that a couple of days ago. <laughs> but uh, the the now there's a lawsuit against some of the schools that were involved in this. So we'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. We also have more bans against the 737 MAX 8 and 9 airplanes. Oh, and an interesting twist to who it is that's going to be looking at the information from the black boxes here. The French? The French own half of Airbus? Oh, they're a main competitor to whom? Boeing. Oh, that's so weird. That's so weird. Uh, we'll get into, we'll get into Swamp Watch at 1230. There's a bunch of stuff, including whether or not the president is going to get a rebuke from the Senate today. What he has said about any Republican senators who want to vote, uh, in favor of the, against the, anyway, who would vote against the president's wishes say, uh, the president said today, you will pay the price for that in 2020. Speaking of president and 2020, Beto O'Rourke says he is in. I woke up to watch his three and a half minute video. Please and tell me it that's not the first thing you saw. Out. Was first it the first thing? thing? I saw. Oh. Amy and I are happy to share with you that I'm running to serve you as the next president of the United States of America. Very important choice of words there. He talked about serving you as the president. Hey, real quick. Yeah. The audio does not do justice. No, it does not. To the hand movements. Uh, dear 
Amy is 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 just glaring at Beto with adoration. I was like, are we in the 80s? What is this little wife in the video that's just staring at him for three and a half minutes? What is that all about? You mentioned his hands in the video. Yes. The president saw those also. Well, I think he's got a lot of hand movement. I've never seen so much hand it's movement. True. I said, so is funny. it crazy or is that just the way he acts? It's true. So, uh, I've never seen hand movement. I watched him a little while this morning doing, I assume it was some kind of a news conference, uh, and I've actually never seen anything quite like it. Study it. I'm sure you'll agree. I mean, Amy's got her hand on his uh, his his bicep there, right. kind of holding on, or maybe it's his forearm. I forget which part, but he's gesturing so wildly, and little Amy's trying to hold on for yeah. dear life like she's on a, like on a, a, a ship that's caught in a storm. <laughs> well, that might be what it feels like. If you remember when he was running for Senate against Ted Cruz, he didn't beat Ted Cruz, but he did beat expectations in terms of the turnout, the fundraising, he the lost. percentage points. But he's a loser. I mean, in that, I don't know anybody who has most recently run for an office, lost, and then decided to run for president. He yes. He can call himself Beto all he wants. He's a white guy. He's Irish. Yeah. And and the thing he has going for him, I was going to say the only thing he has going for him, but he was successful with his grassroots campaign. He did have that going for him. The kids love him. But the media has this weird fascination with this guy. Yeah, there was a lot of completion today, I think, when this video came out, which is one way to put it. Wow. But if you remember a few months ago when he was running for Senate, 60 Minutes sat him down and they're like, hey, you're a new guy. You're fun. You're young. You look like a Kennedy. You have a DUI on your record. You say the F word a lot. Why don't you run for president? And he said, what are your thoughts on on running for president? I don't want to do it. I will not do it. There he said he said that. I was just a few months ago. And why not? What are your thoughts on I'm not lie. looking at 2020. And, and in fact, I'm, I'm completely ruling that out. Um, not going to do that. Uh, no matter what, win or lose, you're not going to run. Win or lose, I, I'm not I'm not running in, in 2020. Um, he talked about what he considers the crisis that the United States is in right now. The challenges that we face right now, the interconnected crises in our economy, crises. our democracy and our climate have never been greater, and they will either consume us or they will afford us the greatest opportunity to unleash the genius of the United States of America. Okay, now there's one point. I don't point, know what he just said. I don't either. I mean, <laughs> can we one, talk like real people? There's one point in this video that I've, I felt like I was watching the new Avengers trailer. Yes. And, and in fact, That's what, what I did, my husband said. We are truly now, more than ever, the last great hope of Earth. <laughs> At this moment of maximum peril and maximum potential, let's show ourselves and those who will succeed us in this great country just who we are and what we can do. You're so right. That's exactly what it was. It was like a superhero movie. A uh, couple things. But Number- wait, wait, wait. I put, those, I put those together. Oh. I put the Avengers trailer together with Beto O'Rourke's speech. Yes. Even if there's a small chance... We owe this. Whatever it takes. To everyone who's not in this room. Yes. To try. Whatever it takes. I'm looking at you, Iron Man. We will. Wait for it. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You say like whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. 
the newest Avenger. We are truly now, more than ever, the last great hope of Earth. So good. At this moment of maximum peril and maximum potential. Thanos! Let's show ourselves and those who will succeed us in this great country yeah. just who we are and what we can do. I like this one. Oh, man. God. So the good. newest Avenger, Beto O'Rourke. Wow, you, your you, editing skills. Yeah, you outdid yourself this morning. Thank you. I just wish I could Photoshop him into, like, War Machine or something. Uh, just a couple of footnotes um, about Beto O'Rourke and how the how much the media just adores this guy. This is from the latest Vanity Fair cover profile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I read that whole thing l- Listen night. to this breathless line. Unlike Trump, O'Rourke can appear almost too innocent to be a politician, too decent, too wholesome. The very reason he became popular, also the same reason he could be crucified on the national stage. <laughs> Perhaps he is simply too normal to be president. I'm sorry, he sounds like a politician to me. Yeah. He sounds just like a politician. P.S. That DUI crash is eerily similar to Chappaquiddick in that he tried to flee the scene right. after crashing into a truck at 75 miles per it hour. Could've, it could have gone much worse for him. Yes. Um, by the way, Beto O'Rourke right now polling behind... Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and Cory Booker, just barely ahead of Amy Klobuchar. He running may help the Democrats because the the field is so crowded and the media loves him so much that they're going to focus so much attention on Beto that all the people in the middle are just going to be forgotten. No name recognition yeah. for any of them, and, and the, the, the cream will rise to the top if Biden gets into this. He is going to suck a lot of the oxygen out of the room, right. I think. All right, when we come back, the... The story about this Operation Varsity Blues just absolutely goes on. I don't want your life. And now we have lawsuits. We, um, have, we have yachts. We have yeah, everything. The, uh, USC says it's a victim. The girl in question, the most high-profile student mentioned in this, in this, in this indictment, mm-hmm. was on the board of trustees' yacht. Mm-hmm. So weird. You remember that time where you were on the board of trustees' yacht from Chico, right? They, no, there was not. That was not a thing. Do they happen. have yachts at Chico? Do they have hey, a, hey. a body of water that would work with a yacht? I, I worked in a rice huller factory one time. It was owned by a trustee at Chico State. That was as close as I got to a yacht. Gary, Gary and Shannon. Shannon. That's us. We'll continue. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. Thursday, it's March 14th, the silly pie day thing that everybody's talking about. Uh, 3.14159, and then I tap out. <laughs> and then you give up. <laughs> um, we will talk more about the uh, 737 MAX bans coming up at the top of the hour. Boeing says they do now support this move out of an abundance of caution. Japan is the latest country to ban the 737 MAX 8 and MAX 9 after that crash in Ethiopia. Jesse Smollett was in court today in Chicago, pleaded not guilty to 16 counts. Um, he will have to tell the judge every time he travels to L.A. or back to Chicago and then has another court date set up next month. And I, I did say the Avengers trailer, the new one, we have it posted on the website. If you go to KFIAM640.com, use the, I think you can use the keyword Gary and Shannon. It might even be on the front page there. But, of course, Tony Stark comes back to Earth. There's new quantum suits and... Kate Bishop? Question mark. Am I right, everybody? Kate Bishop? Is it her? Federal prosecutors. If you know, you know. All right. Okay. I'm getting a blank look from your face. Uh, I okay. She was like the third iteration. 
Nerd. Hawkeye. Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry. Young Avengers? Yeah. Anybody? I, I'm more in the legally oh, blonde geez. lane over here. Oh, Same. and then Captain Marvel and Thor. Stop yeah. it. Stop, stop, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Federal prosecutors say 50 people <laughs> took part in this scheme uh, that got rich people's kids into colleges. I don't want your life. I don't want your life. I love that. Um, so... <laughs> The the big name, I guess, it keeps coming out of this. Well, two big names, Lori Loughlin and Felicity Huffman. Well, Lori's daughter is Olivia Jade, and she's big on YouTube. She's got her own channel, and she's got a lot of followers. She is, um, you know, an Instagram influencer type, right? She also goes on YouTube and every other platform to talk about how much she hates school. And when she was getting into USC, she didn't know how much she was going to be able to go to because she was going to Fiji and focusing on her modeling career and all of that. And that she really just didn't want to miss game days and partying, which is fine if you're going to ASU. But that was her father's strict, strict request that she not go to ASU. So they paid $500,000 to get her and her sister into USC. USC puts out this uh, this letter to alumni on Monday. It's a five-paragraph letter saying, oh, uh, we're, we're listening to this news breaking just like you. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, USC takes this very seriously. We are going to investigate. And then there's one sentence underlined in this long-winded letter, and it says... USC is a victim, and that is underlined. Well, it's the only part of the entire the entire damn letter that's underlined. Yesterday, we find out where Olivia Jade was when the news broke. She was on a yacht owned by the USC Board of Trustees chairman Rick, Rick Caruso. Caruso, the guy the guy that developed the Grove and a bunch of other projects around LA. Hmm, interesting. Now. Rick Caruso, who was brought in to clean up USC, he was brought in in the wake of Carmen Hot Rails Pugliafito. You remember the head of the medical school who was doing uh, lines of of meth with strippers in Pasadena. The same guy that was, was doing so many lines of meth with strippers that the stripper overdosed, had to go to the hospital. He picks her up after she's treated and they go back to the hotel for more meth. I I cannot think of a public relations nightmare. This, I mean, the for for USC for Lori Lachlan, for Olivia Jade, I can't think of a worse scenario than you paid five hundred thousand dollars to get your brat into school who didn't even want to be there, didn't want to go there, who now has an influencer campaign with Sephora that's under uh, probably going to get killed. She's on the yacht. Owned by the chair of the board of trustees. Now, not, would have been really gross if he was there. I don't here, think. I don't think he was. I think she was with here friends. But is my only question for Lori Lachlan. Mm-hmm. She's yes. This girl Olivia Jade is friends with Caruso's daughter. They've been friends for years. Why the hell is Lori Lachlan and her husband, the head of Massimo, paying five hundred grand to their buddy? To get their kids into SC when he sits on the board of trustees. Like, isn't that ridiculous to people? Like, why couldn't they call up and be like, hey, Rick, get the girls into SC. Thanks. I mean, that's what normal rich people do. (laughs) But yet you're going to cut a check for 500 grand. And here's the thing. There's something weird about this, guys. I don't think there's anything illegal about doing what you just said. Calling the guy that you know and just saying, hey, if there's pulling any strings for me. That's how it's done. It's done all the time. Well, the fallout from this I continues. still remember the call my father made to Chico State. 
you know? He said, you know, I know she's not great, uh, but you got to get her in there. Who did he call? Did he just call the switchboard, like the main (laughs) switchboard at the admissions office? He called Shasta Hall. He's like, do you have a closet somewhere? You can just... Sorry, sir. Uh, we we can rent you ping pong paddles for a dollar an hour, but I don't know if I can do anything to get your daughter into Chico. Uh, the fallout from this continues because each of these individual universities is having to clean house as well and kind of reinspect what it is that they've been doing. So we'll talk about USC and Stanford and UCLA and all of these different schools. Oh, we have more about the lawsuit that was filed yesterday up in San Francisco. And one of the aspects of this was that there were... There was a guy, if you paid enough money, there was a guy who would take your kid's test for you. I'll tell you who that guy was when we come back. Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, hey, tomorrow is the day. Another gas news and brews, or as Handel said, gas brews. Headed out to the Old Stump Brewing Company in Pomona. Come on down, grab a beer. We'll have some food for you to snack on as well. Oh, I just spilled again. Look at that. Look at that. Here's the details you need to know. Tomorrow, set your calendar, March 15th, 10 a.m. until 2 p.m., Old Stump Brewing Company, Metropolitan Place in Pomona. Some stuff to give away as well. Glad, happy to see you out there to kick off the weekend. You know, I'm I'm sensing there's going to be some blowback from uh, from people who have done this since the dawn of time, the circles of people who have paid to, to get their kids into colleges, and that's the way it's always been. And I think that there's a little bit of anger coming from uh, those people. Well, there's be a, honest. This is different. I mean, it's in the same it's in the same ballpark, right? But what these people in this Operation Varsity Blues are accused of doing is different because you, if I had a kid. Uh, okay. I, I think I mentioned this. My daughter got a 33 on the S on the ACT, right? On the SAT, that would have been pretty bad. She got a 33 on the ACT. So that opened a door to universities and schools that she probably didn't think she was going to be qualified for, even though she's spectacular grade point average, hard worker, all that sort of stuff. But this 33 opens doors that probably didn't exist before. Now, if I felt if she had her heart set on, insert name of school, uh, Baylor. Baylor is an example, right? She had her heart set on that, and I had the money to do it. I would I would go about finding a way to, hey, let's grease the skids a little yeah. bit. Maybe I give an extra, you know, I we, we've set up a scholarship or uh, you need – Four radio studios built on your media your media office, something like that. That I can understand doing that, and that's perfectly legal to do. Although, I mean, you can argue that it's unethical, but it's perfectly legal to do. It'd be different if I said, "I have a kid who can't tie her shoes. She got a twelve on the ACT, which I think is physically impossible to do." But I'd love to get her into Baylor, so we're gonna we're gonna cook the books a little bit. We're gonna fake the test score. We're gonna lie about her water polo a prowess, and then we're gonna get her into Baylor. And that's the part I think is when you're when you're lying to do it. Yeah, that's where people are getting up, upset, and that's why the FBI got involved. But to pretend that there isn't a different world for people who have the oh, means is clearly. ridiculous. And yes. you know what? It's always gonna be that way. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, AOC, but that's just the way the world works. It runs on money. So that's just the way it is. Um, Stanford students have filed a lawsuit against USC, UCLA, other schools, Wake Forest, Georgetown. Two college students have filed a lawsuit against these schools. Prosecutors have filed the lawsuit in uh, federal court. Excuse me. This is built on the prosecutor's case out of uh, out of wherever they filed. Boston. Boston. Where they filed the yeah. Original one. Um, but yeah, they have filed a lawsuit in federal court in San Francisco, alleging that the students were denied a fair opportunity for admission. Uh, Erica Olson and Kalia Woods. They both are Stanford students, and they say they were denied a fair opportunity to apply to Yale and USC. I have a question because there's two different things here, and I haven't been able to figure this out, even though I read through uh, a chunk of the complaint today. Erica and Kayla, Kayla uh, were saying they currently, by the way, are in Stanford. They they at least got into Stanford, which is kind of difficult to argue that right. you have you lost out. Some, on- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, they're saying they didn't get into USC or Yale or that they were denied a fair opportunity for admission. But they're also written up as having said they were denied a fair opportunity to apply. And I don't think that's the case. I think everybody was allowed to apply. And I've seen it a couple of different ways. So I'm I'm curious to see where this specifically goes in terms of their argument. I just feel like a, a lawsuit like this would be so much more successful if it came from a student who was denied uh, admittance to 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 Yale or SC or Wake Forest or Georgetown or whatever, yeah. um, who deserved it, uh, who played water polo or was an actual pole vaulter, you know? yeah, and went to something like uh, University of Utah or had to go to Chico State, Chico State of all places. <laughs> oh God, for them. Now you guys were talking about uh, Olivia Jade earlier and yeah. how she has a YouTube channel and stuff. Uh, our friend uh, over at ABC, Jason Nathanson, just tweeted that Sephora ended its relationship oh, with good. her. Yeah, I, so I, I think she's going to lose a lot of endorsements. And in all honesty, it only started really, from what I understand, the launch of her collection for Sephora was only mid-December of last year. So it's yeah. only been up for a couple of months, but uh, that, that was quick. Um, <laughs> now, the schools that we've talked about, USC claiming that it's a victim in all of this, USC fired uh, senior athletic director Donna Heinel. Water polo coach Jovan Vavich, both charged in the scheme. Um, the USC applicants who are connected to this cheating scheme will be denied admission, it says. And then a case-by-case review will be conducted for students who are already enrolled at USC and could be connected to this. Stanford had to fire a head sailing coach, pleaded guilty to racketeering. Wake Forest put head volleyball coach Bill Ferguson on leave. He's facing uh, racketeering charges. University of Texas at Austin says it uh, dismissed the men's tennis coach after they'd put him on leave. Georgetown had its former tennis coach in trouble, but he's, since he's not coached the team for a couple of years, they'll prop, they can't do anything to him, really. Yale says it's going to continue cooperating after former women's coach Rudy Meredith was charged. And then UCLA had to put their head soccer coach, Jorge Salcedo, on leave because of the potential for racketeering charges against this it's guy. It's funny. It's like you hear Yale, and I kind of have always had the just low-key understanding that you had to be connected to get into Yale. Like you had yeah. to know somebody. Like no matter what, right. you know, 5.0 grade point average you <laughs> yeah, had. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you saved lives in the Congo for your summer trip. Don't care. Year. Who do you know? This thing is so widespread that 
the the ringleader says he helped more than 750 families. Yeah, I'm surprised in terms of the numbers. I thought it would have been much higher in the original indictment, but uh, this is probably not over is probably what that means. I really want to get into this Harvard graduate, this 36-year-old guy who was taking the test for the kids. Yeah, we'll introduce you to Mark Riddell when we come back. Gary, Gary and Shannon. Shannon. That's us. Again, we keep doing that perfectly. Monica Our Rick. timing is spectacular. <laughs> it's, it's the Mercury and retrograde thing. It's like you guys host a show every day together. Weird. Weird. You stop it right now. Stop being so funny. Shannon, were you okay yesterday? Did everybody survive the Instagram down, Facebook down uh, national nightmare of 2019? I was amazed at the number of people who didn't realize it. I mean, it got to like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night last night. People are still tweeting. Has anybody else had problems with Facebook today? (laughs) I I think I knew instantly, which is sad. Sad for my Same. life. And I opened my the life. app like 20 times. I'm like, is it up yet? Is it up yet? I'm disappointed in myself. Open, open, open. Hey, you guys, I was just going down the past 10 years of USC and all starting with the the Reggie Bush NCAA slap oh, yeah. on the wrist for, for getting uh, gifts and benefits given to, given to Reggie Bush. It stripped the, the, the school of its titles, uh, Sarkeesian gets drunk and slurring his words at the booster event. Carmen hot rails Pugliafito forced out because he's doing drugs in his office and with students and, and with strippers in Pasadena. Uh, the bad doctor, the bad gynecologist who abused hundreds of students for 30 years. The bad men's doctor as well. The bad I men's was... doctor. I mean, what a mess over there and we had one of our listeners who's an uh, alumnus alumni she uh, uh she said that Alum- they alumnus. that they're out of a pr director that that person stepped down a couple weeks ago i wonder and did why. that well did that person see this s storm coming oh uh, yeah there's a i mean the thing is and their job is only to spin it make it look positive again and underline things like usc uh, is a victim here. But how, I mean, that's, you're pushing that boulder up the hill all the time. Of the 32 parents named in this affidavit, more than half are accused of trying to bribe their way into SC. Specifically SC. Yes, huh? sir. Now, one of the guys that's been caught up in this that turned state's evidence is a guy named Mark Riddell, 36-year-old Harvard graduate. At one time thought he was a tennis guy. But uh, really didn't do anything. He uh, competed in a couple tournaments between 2003 and five, and earned $892 in the course of his professional tennis career, which is only $892 more than you and I have uh, earned in our professional tennis career. I'm 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 even going to sit back and be skeptical of his tennis career. Did he really <laughs> pay t- play tennis? It's a good. It's a very good question. <laughs> Now, this scheme we've talked about had the two aspects to it, one of which being the test cheating, and the other one was the uh, fake athlete stories that were put together for these kids. This guy, Mark Riddell, was the test cheating guy. They say from 2011 to February of this year, he flew regularly to California and occasionally to Texas to take these tests for the children of the elite. And what he would do basically is it would it would set up this way. Uh, in some cases, he would help teenagers answer questions during the exam. In others, he would correct the answers after they had taken the tam uh, taken the test. And then, in one instance at least, he was accused of just 
doing the whole thing himself, taking the entire test, pretending to be a student. Now, here's what I I imagine came pretty easy to him after having taken the test a handful of times. He could calibrate and shoot for a specific test result. Hey, uh, your kid's a dummy and can't get a 26. Let's not go too high. Let's shoot for about a 30 on that ACT, and he would nail it. Uh, or, you know, he would make sure it wasn't perfect, although he probably could have answered him perfectly and gotten a 36 on it, which is the best score you can get. And he was able to do these things uh, while getting paid as much as $10,000 per test. One example, 2015, he prepares to help the daughter of Manuel Enriquez, who was a uh, finance company chairman. We mentioned that he had to step down from his company. Prosecutor said that the guy explained in an email to the high school counselor that he was willing to fly to San Francisco because his wife had a newborn. He needed proctoring experience to apply for graduate school. A few weeks later, he sits side by side with Manuel Enriquez's daughter in her high school as she takes her SAT and provides answers to the questions. And he admitted to prosecutors later that he was gloating with the teen, with her mother, after the test about how they cheated and got away with it. Ha-ha! Suck it, the man. A year later, he flew to Houston to help two students fill out the ACT exam at the same time, instructing them to answer different questions incorrectly so they didn't have identical incorrect answers. (laughs) The one where he took the whole test himself. Oh, right. He was supposed to go to Houston. There was was somebody here in L.A., and... The she Jane Buckingham, the CEO of a boutique marketing. She's the one that wrote the the girl's guide to whatever. Right. So her son has to take the ACT. They have agreed to allow him to take the ACT in a public high school in Houston. So he's going to fly out there. This Mark Riddell guy is going to fly in from Florida. But the kid got sick. He had tonsillitis. Couldn't go to Houston. So uh, the Rick Singer, the kingpin of all of this and the mom agree to have mark riddell take the entire test oh do me a favor send mark a sample of your son's handwriting so that he can imitate it so he flies to houston takes the test in a hotel room goes to tampa the same day or goes back to tampa and then emails mom and eh, just so you know test went pretty well i got a 35 on it well he eventually knew he got a 35 on it but the agreed upon fee for a 36-year-old man to take your son's ACT, $50,000. 50 grand. That's like nothing, though. For, these for them, yeah, yes, it's yeah. nothing. But for someone like my daughter, who worked her ass off to get a, not to brag, a 33 on this thing, we didn't pay $55,000. No, just like 42? 40. Okay. It was a 40. Well, that's understandable. Yeah. You know. All right, coming up next, we'll get an update from the FAA on those 737 MAX planes, how long it's going to take for them to get off the ground and fix this problem, if there is one. We'll talk about it when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Ain't it funny how life changes? You wake up, ain't nothing the same, and life changes. You can't stop it, just hop on the train. You never know what's going to happen. You make your plans and you hear God laugh. Gary and Shannon, hey, tomorrow is the day. 
just talking about how yeah. much fun we're going to have tomorrow at our next gas news and brews. Old Stump Brewing Company out in Pomona. We'd love to see you out there. Come on down, grab a beer, some food that you can eat, etc. Enjoy the show. That's up to you, really, the enjoyment part. We have some stuff we're going to be giving away. I saw somebody on Facebook said they were trying to convince their husband to go out there. If you need us to call your husband, oh, just yeah. let us know. I mean, just drop us a line. Um, I think it's a great idea. Did you give the address? No, I did not. Old Stump Brewing Company on Metropolitan Place there in Pomona. There's, you know, Old Stump had a different address, or there's two Old Stumps, but this one, Old Stump Brewing Company in Pomona, tomorrow, 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Okay, speaking of beer, yeah. we have a real treat today. Remember the guy who decided for Lent that he would only drink beer and water? Like he's giving up solid food for Lent because Hero. of God? Yeah, he's Hero. going He's going Austrian monk to this, this month. We are talking to him today. Oh, that's now, we great. are we're pretty deep into Lent, am I right? A week and a half? Yeah. So this guy's only had beer for a week and a half, and we're talking to him today in the 12 o'clock hour. Okay, but, well, we'll have to ask him. I was going to say, he's not drinking, like, one beer an hour every I don't know. hour. I don't know how is. it works. We're going to find out. Huh. All right. Um, what but- must that hangover feel like? Drunk for 40 oh, days. Oh, God. That's, <laughs> you know, that's a rehab situation. It's a week and a half in April where you just don't want to move. <laughs> Uh, all right, so the stories that uh, obviously we've been paying attention to, the Varsity Blues, Operation Varsity Blues, and as we see more and more information come out about this college cheating scandal and the lawsuits that are involved with it, and now we found out just a few minutes ago that Olivia Jade, Lori Lachlan's daughter who's at USC, lost her contract with Sephora because of all of this. Uh, we also talked about the reputed boss of the Gambino crime family, Frankie Boy Cali. Francesco Frankie Boy Cali, gunned down, 53 years old. Uh, all the they first, say is the first mob boss hit since 1985. Yeah. We're going to dig into that tomorrow because I love a mob story. And uh, it's murder, and that's un- unfortunate, but it's a mob boss murder story. And we, <laughs> I played for you earlier the Avengers Endgame with Beto O'Rourke, uh, the newest Avenger in it. I'll just play a little part of it again because I'm not going to play the whole thing because that'd be just absolutely crazy. But here is. Beta O'Rourke, the newest Avenger in the Avengers Endgame trailer. Whatever it takes. We are truly now, more than ever, the last great hope of Earth. Of Earth. Yeah, if you haven't seen the three and a half minute video where he announces he's running in 2020, check it out. It's worth a watch. Only because, yes, he does sound like he's in the Avengers at the end there, but also because (laughs) his wife is just staring at him. It's super creepy, like looking at him with this adoration that you haven't seen since Nancy Reagan. And uh, it's weird in 2019 to see that kind of thing. I mean, she stays silent and she's just staring at him the whole time and holding on for dear life to one of his arms when he's gesturing wildly and unnecessarily so. And were his kids not available? Well, you want the kids in that hostage well, I'm just video? Saying, I mean, why if if the wife is going to be there and just smile, they could have brought in the kids and the dog. It's, he owns a dog too, just so everybody knows. Well, if that changes your idea. Boeing earlier this week said a software change is in the works for those seven thirty seven Max jets. Bank of America estimates it's going to take the uh, it's going to take Boeing three to six months to certify the fix. That long? Yeah. Change a couple lines of code. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know if it's a couple lines, but change the code there. I forgot that you were a pilot. (laughs) And that you you can engineer these software fixes. Why didn't they ask me? I don't know. (laughs) Um, 
the last Boeing 737 MAX 8 in the skies, if you went to a flight tracking website like uh, Flight Radar 24, something like that, you could type in the type of aircraft and see where they were uh, at the moment the announcement was made yesterday that the president was going to ground all of the 737 MAXs in the United States. There was an Air Canada flight that took off just before the president announced that he would be grounding all the Boeing Max jets. The thing is, these days you can get all of those news updates and everything while you're in the air. It used to be, you know, your phone went off. Oh, you didn't wow. see anything for a few hours. Now you can get these alerts. And by the way, just sitting here, I had about six different alerts Agreed. that all said that same thing. Yes. So if you're in the airplane and they have just finally said... And make sure all your safety equipment is, uh, you can check out the little brochure here, 737 MAX 8. The little brochure is in the front seat pocket in a jury flight. And then you look and you're like, wait a minute. It says here the 737 MAXs have been grounded. We are now at 32,000 feet in a 737 MAX 8. I think you got to disable Wi-Fi if that's the news that's coming out. (laughs) Sorry, folks. We're having a problem with our Wi-Fi today. I don't know exactly what's going on. Make sure we call customer service if you have an issue. But don't worry, we've lasted the first six minutes of this flight, so we're probably okay. Right, that's the window, is the six minutes at the beginning. Um, the other the other issue that could come up is that Ethiopia does not have the infrastructure or the transportation infrastructure to process the black boxes that come out of the plane. They did find them, and they have shipped them to France. Home of Airbus. Wait a minute, not just home to Airbus. The French government owns half of Airbus. France might take some time with those black boxes. No I think kidding. it could take 18 months maybe to, to analyze oh, that data. Oh, you mean I get to look in the boxes? Oh, you bet. Ah. Way, now, to, way to be stereotypical. What? Of the people of France. Okay, what do French people sound like? I don't do... Exactly. I, I nailed it no, and you're uh, upset. Um. <laughs> okay. Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. And, and they walk around and they go, uh-huh. my little bump. No, croissant. My <laughs> croissant. Uh, so American Airlines, um, let's see, Boeing's 737 MAX series. They've delivered 376 of these planes to airlines. But as we've been saying, there are more than 4,600 on order around the world. and. Brian Suits put that number in in perspective for me. That's more Boeing 737s than B-17s that have ever been produced. Think about that. We were cranking out airplanes like the B-17, you know, in the mid part of last century, like they were going out of style. And we're talking about 4,600 of these 737 Maxes that are still on order to these different airlines. That order's on hold. It'll stop, yeah. Just kind of shut down for just a few few months until we figure this thing out. What are you going to do next? Well, the death penalty fallout continues. Gavin. Gavin. You know what? I am only going to call him Gavin, I've decided. Number one, I like that name. And number two, I don't take him seriously enough as a governor. I think I've come up with a hand gesture descriptor. Uh-huh. That Beto O'Rourke I saw falls into. He's a right-hander. Gavin is a left-hander. It's this broken pointer thing. Mm-hmm. It's a I call it the broken spoon hand, where it's the sideways, like I'm throwing a curveball almost, 
but I, as I'm doing my thing. It was which, it was a Barack Obama which thing. public speaking class is suggesting people no, to do no no one would ever do that. I but, mean, I know but it's since weird. Barack Obama did it. These guys are adopting it like it's a thing. I mean, hands are weird when you're speaking in public or you're, you know, I've noticed that suddenly you don't know what to do with your hands. Like, what do I put them? Do I, you know, and do I move them? Should I move them around or should I leave them here? You should put them right there. You should put them right here. Or like David Muir, you could put it like you're going to jump yeah. over the desk at somebody. I like that. That's, you do? Yes, I do. <laughs> I like his stance I a say, lot. David, relax. You're just delivering the news. You're not going to kill the camera I, I think guy. It, it is like a powerful uh, it's an stance. an aggressive stance. Just don't yeah. do the reporter vagina. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't <laughs> Where know you stand the... like this. Oh, and you put oh. your hands. Yeah. Your little oh god, that's terrible, Monica. <laughs> You're welcome. The death penalty when we return. Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> wow, <clears throat> we're gonna have to apologize for this entire show. Gary and Shannon, everyone can't stop talking about this college admission scandal. And we were just talking about it off the air and and about how much more is going to come out. How many more names are going to come out? How much bigger this thing is going to get? We'll stay on top of all the latest developments. Yesterday, we uh, played for you Governor Gavin Newsom's announcement that he was uh, putting a moratorium on death penalty, specifically on executions in the state of California. I cannot sign off on executing hundreds and hundreds of human beings, knowing, knowing that among them will be innocent human beings. He knows what to do with his hands. Yeah, bang the podium. That's a great idea. Uh, Well, it looks like there was a poll that came out. It's brand new. Uh, Eyewitness News poll. From Survey USA, and it found 60% of respondents in California support the death penalty, 26 opposed, and the rest are uncertain, which I find interesting, uncertain. This is one of those really emotional topics, obviously. We got a lot of mail uh, from polar opposite ideologies when it comes to the death penalty yeah. uh, after we talked about this yesterday, and it shows just how emotional people get. Um so it's interesting to me that there's a, a large portion of the of the people that responded to this poll that uh, they don't really know where they come down. Well, I, I would imagine that it's a one of my criticisms about what the governor said yesterday was that he always thought of this was like an existential exercise. Uh, you know, if, if I was ever, you know, forced with the decision to kill baby Hitler, like, would I do it? Yeah. I mean, th- that kind of a mental exercise, a philosophical test about what your brain would do in a situation like that. But but my criticism was you you ran for governor. You you put time and energy and effort into becoming the governor. And one of the most important jobs that you have is a determination of whether or not somebody lives or dies in a situation like that. So the idea that he just sudden all of a sudden got behind the desk and went Whoa, this is real, man. I might, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, man. I believe your position on the death penalty can evolve and change. But his position did not. He's felt the same way. It's just, what would he do once he became governor? Now, he's been running for governor pretty much for a long time. Right. Since he became lieutenant governor. Oh, yeah. Before then. Before then. He he always knew he was going to have this post. So what's up with the timing of it? 
It's just kind of bizarre. Well, I, my understanding is that there are a, a handful of of issues, or sorry, a, a handful of cases of guys who are currently on death row whose appeals are ending, and they would have been up for sentencing. Let me try that again. They would have been up for setting a date for an execution soon. So by doing this, all of that is on hold. By the way, everything else continues. You will still see prosecutors in California going for the death penalty. You'll probably still see juries and judges come up with a death penalty and sentence someone to death. It's just the execution part that is on hold for now. Our friend, uh, former NFL player Kermit Alexander, is one of the people who is probably just livid about this. I know the L.A. Times talked to his wife, Tammy, also a friend of ours, and Tammy said California just became a dictatorship today. Kermit Alexander's family was murdered. His mother, his sister, his two nephews in South L.A. This is 1984. His mother was just making coffee in the kitchen when a gang member burst in, shot her in the head, and systematically killed everybody in that house. Kids, women, systematically. Tyquan Cox is his name. And Kermit Alexander has waited more than three decades for Tyquan Cox not to have any more breaths in his life. Yeah, and I don't... Tammy said, and this was really crystallized, the, the, the argument here. She said, it's not about the process, about democracy, the journey, a vote. And that's exactly what it is when, when you know, Michelle Hannessy... Deputy District Attorney that we talked to yesterday, when she mentioned that this is not the police or prosecutors that put these people on death row. These are juries of your peers that weigh all of the evidence they hear from both sides. They hear all of the evidence that would exonerate somebody and they make a decision collectively to put somebody on death row. And it's interesting to me that living in a state like California, as blue as California is, that that Survey USA poll still finds 60% of people in California support the death penalty, 26% oppose. 60%. I think if you would ask anybody outside of California how Californians feel about the death penalty, they would be wildly inaccurate. Their, their, their numbers would be way off. About half of the people in this poll said they opposed the governor's order from yesterday, and only a 30, what is it, 34% support. And half say they disagree with the statement that the death penalty is not keeping in keeping with our core values. I heard one ridiculous argument yesterday, and I don't remember if it was Gavin Newsom or somebody else. Uh, when a rapist is sentenced, we don't rape them. Yeah. It was Gavin Newsom. It was him who said that? He said we don't rape when, someone, when someone gets raped. What is, that's the dumbest who, thing. Who okayed that because line? The death penalty is not just when someone gets killed, at least not generally in terms of our country. That's not what... It's just a stupid argument. Cindy Rail was somebody who was also upset yesterday when she was at home watching television and Gavin Newsom appeared on her screen because Cindy's daughter, Brandy, was killed eight years ago. Brandy was shot and killed and her body was lit on fire in front of her children. Cindy says, uh, yeah, I was pissed off. This man brutally murdered my daughter. Now he's just going to get life in prison. I have to live with this every day of my life. Well, that's where we are. I mean, this is uh, this is really basically just putting ink and paper to 
what has become an uphill battle for anybody hey, who hey, by the way, executions in the state anymore. Uh, life on death row, much better than life in general pop. What? And you know what I mean? The, the the worst of the worst are getting the best of the best in terms of accommodations for the rest of their life. Cells by themselves. Yep. I mean, that, that alone would be uh, worth the price of admission. The price of admission. Not the right. No. All right. We come back. Uh, Edison has finally agreed that their lines sparked the Thomas fire. We'll explain. Gary and Shannon will come back. Just heartbreaking. People are still arriving at the site of that Ethiopian Airlines crash. And they're they're going there, and they they have framed photographs of their family member that was lost. Flowers. They're they're taking handfuls of dirt um, home because there's just nothing left there. But they're still going to the site. And along those lines, uh, Japan is the latest country to uh, to ban seven thirty seven Max eight and nine aircraft from its airspace. It came just hours after the president yesterday decided to ground all 737 MAX 8s and 9s here in the United States. Talked about a couple things about Operation Varsity Blues. Now a couple of college students have filed lawsuits or a lawsuit against USC, Stanford, UCLA, University of San Diego, Texas, Wake Forest, Yale, and Georgetown. They said that they were denied a fair opportunity for admission because of the uh, cheating scandal that took place that involved those schools. Well, it's been a 15-month investigation into the Thomas fire, and investigators have now determined that SoCal Edison power lines ignited the Thomas fire. Of course, the massive fire in Ventura is Santa Barbara counties killed two people. Remember the the mud flow that came after the fire that just wiped away homes, and 21 people were killed in connection with that? They say it was started by two power lines that slapped together during high winds in December 2017. This is a a frustrating thing because SoCal Edison doesn't agree. Well, it's not that they don't agree. They're not taking this at the word of the investigators here. In the statement that came out late yesterday, Edison said that the final resolution to this as to the cause of responsibility will have to be determined in court because – they said that SCE, they said uh, that the investigators did not preserve certain critical evidence, like video surveillance footage in the area where the fire would have started. And they say investigators failed to consider evidence that would limit SCE's responsibility for the fire. They just ignored certain aspects of the uh, of of the ignition point. If, in fact, this is held up in court, you're talking about a billion plus a billion three in insurance claims filed by victims and 400 million in claims that were filed after the mudslides there in Montecito. And they've uh, forwarded the findings to the state attorney general's office. They said they believe the utility could face charges of involuntary manslaughter, unlawfully causing a fire, causing great uh, bodily injury and negligently maintaining their equipment. And all of this, of course, could result. No one's going to go to jail for this, but they would be steep fines. The, SCE might have a hard time winning contracts after a judgment against it in a case like this. The, I think one of the most frustrating things about this is that there has been a cluster of fires 
specifically super high profile and deadly and damaging fires in the last three years, four years that have been caused by power lines. Now, is it a matter that the conditions have been so horrible that there used to be power line fires all the time that just never got this big? It's it's a it's a combination of things. You know, it's it's the climate change. It's the uh, the the age of the power lines it's the maintenance that probably isn't done as regularly as it should be done yeah because i don't uh, i don't think edison or pg&e or san diego gas and electric whichever utility is in control of the power lines i don't think they can they can say just well you know the climate is different than it was it's drier now than it was they have to have they must be a responsible partner in this and say the Danger is greater in a wind event, and therefore we're going to change our policies. We're going to shut the de-energize these lines. You know, and you can put them underground, but that costs a hell of a lot more. You know, there's more sprawl. There's just a a number of factors that are playing into this. Yeah, and you think about it. I mean, we've talked about this, especially after the campfire that burned through Paradise. The potential to put some of these high, you know, high energy power lines underground. The cost that PG&E is the, – the money that PG&E is going to have to fork out in response to the campfire compared to the cost of having figured this out years ago and put those power lines underground at first, I mean, I, I don't know where it goes, but it can't be that far off. I mean, the, yes, it's very expensive to do that, but we're talking about losing 80-plus lives in that campfire. And how do you put a price tag on that? Well, and you just hope that there wasn't cost-benefit analysis done years ago. That is true. Into how much it would cost to put all the lines underground versus how much it would cost to pay out the claims when people die in these fires. By the way, uh, one of uh, Edison's arguments against them being responsible, their power lines being responsible for sparking the fire, according to uh, the company, they have evidence that the ignition at Anloff Canyon, which is where this fire started out near Santa Paula, that Anloff Canyon, the fire was at least 12 minutes before any issue that involved the Edison system. They said that the ignition may have been independently responsible for a significant portion of the Thomas fire, and SCE is not aware of any basis for criminal liability. That's that's a pretty strong stretch to say, this is so random that our energized power lines would start a fire or that we would even see a problem, but just coincidentally it was 12 minutes after the fire started. I just picked up a, a figure online for the cost of underground versus uh, above ground. Mm-hmm. And it would be about $390,000 per mile for underground as opposed to $2 million per mile. It's quite the, the cost differential there. Wow. Anyway. All right. When we come back, we're going to be talking about how the Facebook outage from yesterday facebook instagram messenger all that sort of stuff it's not just an inconvenience and i know a lot of people i made eye contact with my daughter for the first time in four days it it just bothered me because there were so many free agency moves you know and i'm trying to stay on top of everything and i want to know every move that's made and when instagram goes down i don't get the free agency information right away i don't get the memes i'd like to see do you miss momo no why don't you just listen to am 570 because whenever I listen to Petros and Money, they're talking about 90s bands. Oh. 
Okay, they're talking not, about like Everclear and Three market. Doors Down <laughs> and which song's the worst. Oh, and they went after that guy. Uh, what guy? Adam? Adam wears the gym clothes. Tell me more. They spent a lot of time going after him. Did they? Yep. A- about his outfits? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Their Instagram 15 post 15 minutes yesterday. Their, their See what Instagram I mean? That's why I don't go there for free agency news. <laughs> and nothing about it. I don't want to hear about Brown. Adam and his shorts. It was literally their opening segment. <laughs> Tomorrow is our Cast News and Brews. We're going to be headed out to Old Stub Brewing Company in Pomona. Come on out, grab a beer. We'll be doing the show live, the whole thing, including the nine news nuggets you need to know. Tomorrow, that's March 15th. Put it on your calendar from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Old Stump Brewing Company, Metropolitan Place in Pomona. We have some cool stuff we're going to be giving away that's got uh, got our show logo on it. So come on out. All right, coming up next, our ni- uh, national nightmare is nearing an end as Facebook and Instagram get back up and running. Woo! Thank God. Monica had a rough night. I She couldn't sleep because she was catching up on all the memes. That was a very funny tweet. It was yeah. funny. But you should have put it on Instagram instead. Monica, well, I tried. Monica. It was down. Big stories that we've seen today. Jesse Smollett from Empire pleaded guilty in court today. Sorry, pleaded not guilty in court today to 16 counts. That would have been a different story. Uh, he is going to have to tell the judge every time he travels to L.A. or Chicago to talk with his lawyers. And they have another court date coming next month, and the judge said you better be at every court date from now on. This is funny. The University of Texas at Austin is uh, defending itself against a lawsuit alleging it played a role in this college bribery scheme. University officials putting out a statement saying that they're outraged over the scheme. Uh, There was one UT employee involved. But how good is it for the University of Texas at Austin to be looped in with the Yales and Georgetowns and SCs By of the, the world? Way, I don't know if you know, I was invited to this party. I didn't, I didn't really want to come, but uh, it's good to see you guys. My name's University of Texas at Austin. Um, in, in Washington, D.C. right now, 12 Republican senators so far have joined Democrats in rebuking the president on his national emergency declaration, a um, couple of not surprises, including Mitt Romney of Utah, Lamar Alexander of Tennessee, uh, Bob Portman of Ohio, Lisa, Lisa Murkowski in Alaska, Susan Collins, Maine, Rand Paul, Kentucky, Mike Lee, Utah, a couple of others. Um, in a statement, Romney said that the vote on the House resolution of disapproval was a vote for the Constitution and for the balance of powers That is at its core. The president today tweeted, this has nothing to do with the Constitution. It has everything to do with border security. So because that number is now at seven of Republicans who will cross Trump, the the measure will will pass. Yeah, will pass. They're still technically voting, but I understand that they're going to wrap it up here pretty soon. So So it's funny. You mentioned uh, people that didn't even realize the outage was happening. I think that that, I I rarely go to Facebook anymore. Like I I only kind of go to Facebook to... To do our show Are stuff. Are you one of those people who's like, I don't really watch TV that much. No, I, I watch, watch TV, TV all the like time. every four months or so. No, I watch and... TV all the time. Okay, good. Uh, I don't troll Facebook. I, if I did, I would I would announce it. But I find Facebook to be kind of lame, to be honest with you. Um, 
And and I like pictures and not words, apparently, because Instagram <laughs> is where I spend a lot of time. There's too many words on that Facebook. <laughs> everyone's got an opinion on Facebook, and frankly, I'm over it. Uh, so, uh, so I thought it was funny yesterday when I saw uh, on Facebook that people were like, "Oh, what did I, I did? Have you guys noticed that you can't post something or?" You're getting a failure message, and like you said, it was like six o'clock at night. Yeah, you know we we had the Still. news that everything was down in the morning yesterday. Right. They say it was the biggest interruption ever suffered by Facebook, and they're tr- they're trying to figure out what it was. Although Facebook said on Twitter, which is ironic, isn't it? Facebook said on Twitter that it was not related to a denial of service attack, a distributed denial of service attack, because. Basically, that that would be an admission that they would be vulnerable to such a thing. And they want to say, no, 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 we did not fall for that. That's not what this problem was. But they have not yet said exactly what the problem was. Um, Here's an issue. And a lot of people think about, like you were saying, just the inconvenience of, well, I opened my my damn Facebook thing and nothing came up. Or it said there was it. Or, (laughs) you know, I still get yesterday's news feed or I'm doing an impression of my parents. Yeah. I saw that you posted something on Monday and nothing else. I wonder where what happened to you. <laughs> my father is Hulhauser, if you didn't know. <laughs> um, but there is a massive economic issue that's connected to this. There's a – because of the economy, you think about the advertisements, most people tune them out for the most part when it comes to Facebook or Instagram. But they're there. But they're there, and they're all over the place. In fact, uh, The Verge talked to a guy named Jason Wong who runs a company called Wong House Ventures, and he does a, a couple of different things. He does um, – Fake eyelashes. Fake eyelashes. He does Holy Meme Bible, which is a coloring book. He does Meme Bands, which is a card game, and he said – that he typically makes between eight and ten thousand dollars per day. Can I just do a quick PSA and tell you not to buy anything off Instagram because <laughs> it comes from China, and when it gets there, it smells weird, and it's not what you ordered. I mean, yeah. it's 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 not the picture that you saw. PSA over. Eight and ten thousand dollars per day. My fake eyelashes. On fake eyelashes, and me- on holy Bible meme- coloring meme books, books, and meme bands, the card game. It's a strange am, world, isn't it? it? This is the weirdest thing. And and again, I don't know, like you said, don't buy stuff that you can't smell before you wear it. Agree that. Uh, yeah. But I don't know anybody who buys stuff on Instagram other than you. Oh, and our boss did one time, didn't you? And she complained about it also? Yeah, it's a thing uh, among women. We've all succumbed to it at least once, and then we regret it. But at least you know. It doesn't fit, it smells, or it doesn't look like the picture. Why do the t-shirts smell like vinegar? Do they make do they make shirts in vinegar? And I just didn't know that part of the process. I think that's part of the coloring process. Like when they color a, a shirt or they're, they're, they dye it, and then they use whatever chemical to stop the color from bleeding. That's something to do like with a that. vinegar lacquer sealer? Yes. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. when you tie-dye a shirt, because, you know, we've all tie-dyed shirts anytime in the last 20 years, you put it in vinegar to, like, stop the color process. Yeah, Digital Direct, it's a new printing technique, and everybody's using it. And, yes, you need to spray the printing solution, which smells like vinegar, on the shirt. There you go. Direct or digital direct is Listen, what it's called. For all you people who think you don't learn something from this show every day, 
you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Don't buy stuff on Instagram and your shirts smell like vinegar because of Digital Direct. What did I say yesterday? I learn something new from you guys every day. Thank and you, we, Monica. And we, we learned, learned from we you. Learned We're from not going to talk about morning. it. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah. You have to go on the on the podcast and tell us about it. Well, I can't even say what. Never mind. But thank you for the information. And it's been very helpful so far. Everything <laughs> everyone's talking about when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Sometimes I feel like giving up, but I. I think she's too thin to have given blood, and that's why it didn't go well. Well, she was drinking water when I saw her this morning. Told her to power up on that water, take the juice and the cookies that they give to you, something magical in them. Either that or you're already faint and they just taste like magic. But um, She's going to get, you know, if she has one beer after school, she is going to be (laughs) hammered. Do you often, is that what you did in high school when you were a junior, go home and cry? It's was, been a rough day. I need to crack no, they, open a Bud Light. No, it was making a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, they never gave me. They never let me give blood in high school. I was too small. I'm too skinny. Well, was, wow, you guys. Tell us more about how perfect you are. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was. And they needed my blood. It's like gold. I'm O positive. I mean, cheapers. Magic. Everyone, o I could save lives for Universal days. Color. Wow. My, my platelets are like doubloons. We hit the thing. No, not yet. It's time for another gas news and brews. We want to tell you about that first. Headed out to Old Stump Brewing tomorrow. Grab a beer, grab some lunch, enjoy the show. Bring a friend or seven. Details tomorrow. It's March 15th. Write it down on the calendar. I mean, it already says March 15th on the calendar. Write the event down. 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. We'll be out there live doing the show. Come on out. Old Stump Brewing Company for our next gas news and brews in Metropolitan Place there in Pomona. Now you can hit the thing. Time for What's Happening. Jesse Smollett has pleaded not guilty to 16 counts of felony disorderly conduct. He was in court in Cook County there in Chicago, and he was granted permission to travel to L.A. and New York for meetings with his lawyers as long as he notifies the court 48 hours in advance, checks back in within uh, 24 hours after returning to Illinois. Curious to see how the show went last night because Empire returned for its midseason premiere last night. If you remember, this is the end of there's whatever five or eight uh, episodes left, and he was written out of the last two because of the... mm, legal issues that he currently finds himself in except we found out they're not going to cancel the show is what i understand they're not canceling the show hey one story that just broke actually was that the senate officially now voted to overturn the president's national emergency declaration it was a 59 to 41 vote obviously very symbolic seeing it's a resolution and the veto is absolutely going to happen yeah 12 republicans sided with democrats on this one The president has vowed, like you said, to veto, which would be the first of his presidency. And then we have to determine whether or not there would be enough to override a veto if, in fact, it comes to that. Uh, More sad news out of Santa Anita. Another horse has died there, bringing that death toll since December 26 to 22. This was a three-year-old filly named Princess Lily B. euthanized after breaking both front legs at the end of uh, a, a workout. That this was a catastrophic injury that uh, m- did not have to do with the track. How could it not have to do with the track? 
that I don't know. They're walking around the. They get injured, you know. Remember, they're they're on the uh, they're on the, the the they're warming up and galloping and stuff and just kind of working out on that inside track, not the track where the horses had had died. I'm trying to find out what your uh, what, what our mafia names would be. <clears throat> I went to the mob museum. Yours would be um, something about your forehead. That uh, says I'm the enforcer. I think I, you're right, though. If you were to really play that out, it's got to be something about the head. Uh, let's see. You're oh. a, you're a female. You're on uh, the Maybe West Coast. Hoffman, right? What? Five head. That's good. Five what, head Hoffman, what yeah. side would you say you're on? You're on the right side. I try to be on the right side, but we have weaknesses. Or the law's never done nothing good for me. I'm a wise guy through and through. I like that one. Okay, there's that. What racket? <laughs> what racket are you involved in? Money laundering, murder, bribery, robbery, casino skimming, bootlegging. Who me? Or me, I uphold the law no matter what. Give me casino skimming. Got it. That's yeah. more likely. What's your role <laughs> in all of this? You're the capo. You're the consigliere. You're the mob wife. You're the corrupt politician. The clean cop. The soldier. The boss. Uh, I'd like uh, or the, the let's boss just say place. I know some people who know some people. I like that one. Okay. There's that one. <laughs> and then finally, pick your favorite era. Prohibition, modern era, Rat Pack, swing in 60s, the disco Rat era. Rat Pack. Rat Pack. There it is. All right. Let me type this This is this exciting. In. Shannon Farron. I keep meaning to go to the nickname. Mob Museum when, I, when I'm when i in Vegas because it's in downtown Vegas, but I can't pull myself away from the tables because I have a problem. Sh- Shannon Sweet Lips Farron. No. You're the owner of the speakeasy. <laughs> oh, uh, your racket is, hey, I don't want any trouble, okay? No. Yeah. You're known on the streets as the friend of the friend. Everyone <laughs> knows you, but you try not to get too involved in other people's businesses you know powerful people. You know what business they're in, and they supply you the booze you need for your speakeasy when you need it. They won't get any trouble from you. That sounds like a nice life. I'm not going to lie. I was doing this along with you and picking my own different things. I picked the region Florida, obviously, um, and I got the same result as you got, Shannon. You got sweet lips? No, I got oh. Monica Lemon Ricks. Lemon? Yeah. I like lemon. That's Me the too. Florida citrus connection? Yeah. That's anyway. a weak mob name. Lemon? Frick. Is it, though? I got the same <laughs> results as you did. Lemons is just weak oh, stream. Easy there, sweet lips. Listen, I well, got a friend Well, at least I can donate friend. blood. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was 15, okay? Oh, okay. So you don't have I've been able to donate blood for quite some time. How, did you ever tell her about the uh, Mexican tattoos? Did they uh, put a block on you for a while on that one? What? Your Mexican tattoos. What, what, why were you bringing that up? Wow, that was a very oh defensive look, but I want to know if the Red Cross allows you to donate blood with your tattoos. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I never figured that out. Because when I got mine, you had to wait. And yeah, I you have to wait. Like, or she had Same to with wait. piercings. Well, I didn't get the Mexican tattoo when I was 15, guys. Yeah, she at least waited until she was 16 and a half for that. <laughs> Are we going to do the news? Yeah, I'm sorry. Frank Cali, Frankie Boy, that's his gang name. Francesco Cali is out. As the uh, Gambino crime family boss. This is the first mob boss killed in New York since 1985. He got like a text or something on his phone. He goes outside and bam. It's not just bam. They said they shot him at least six times and then ran over him with a pickup truck. He took over for 68-year-old Domenico Cefalu in uh, 2015. I'm totally hacking that. And now I'm not going to have a friend of the friend out on the streets. I knew a Cephalu in high school, but his name was definitely not Domenico. Um, 
Anyway, this guy was, they say, he was a really quiet old school boss. He wasn't, you know, flashy. He wasn't out and about with uh, high profile type of cars and, and all of that. He was very old school. Um, one year ago, Stephen Hawking died. Passed away in his home in Cambridge, England. But his nurse is now under investigation for how she cared for Stephen Hawking. 61-year-old Patricia Dowdy. Sounds a wonderful name for a British nurse. Dowdy. So this was not the nurse that he went on to marry? Uh, no, this was somebody long, long after that. In fact, there, was a, there were allegations that he would have said cheating on his wife with somebody. Not sure how that worked. I know that women can feel like they've been cheated on emotionally without there being any physical thing going on. <laughs> Your but voice I'm, is going higher. I don't know. The more you talk about it. I don't know. And I feel like I should get quieter and quieter when I do it. So he didn't have use of, of that. No. I don't. Why are you looking at me like I'm all of a sudden a <laughs> urologist? <laughs> the new Avengers endgame trailer. You're excited about this. I am. Why do you say it like that? Like I'm the only one. Well, because I want you to to showcase your excitement. All right. This is a much more touching endgame trailer than the previous one from a couple of months back. And they talk about fighting back whoever's left after the Thanos snap. Sorry. Thanos, not Theranos. I got to make sure I keep those clear. Uh, But I put Beto O'Rourke in the Avengers trailer because of the way he announced his presidency today that we are the last great hope of Earth. It takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Now it's your Whatever turn. It takes. Whatever it takes. Uh, Iron Man. Whatever it takes. Oh. We are truly now, Beto. more than ever, the last great hope of Earth. Well, and go to go beyond that. Obviously, he hadn't seen the rest of the movie. It's the entire galaxy. Okay, coming up. And now. then Kate Bishop. You have to get. The, you have to throw the Kate Bishop in there. So if you get it, you get it. When I say Kate Bishop, if not, I had a. Question. Oh my gosh, you guys! I have breaking news. Breaking news. Gary's breaking news first, and then Blake has a question. Breaking news. Yeah. Hallmark says it will no longer work with Lori Loughlin. Lori Loughlin was big in so those the, Hallmark movies. Are they going to pull the movies? No, probably not. not. Make any they more? probably just won't make any more. Okay. She was big on those Hallmark movies, Lifetime movies, that well, kind of thing. Can't wait till her kid shows up at uh, some junior college somewhere. Go on. Blake has a question. Did that not just look like uh, Hawkeye's wife? No. Too young. Teenage girl. Oh, there's a teenager. Yeah. Oh. In fact, too young to be Hawkeye's daughter. Indeed. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, coming up next, the guy that gave up everything <laughs> for Lent except for one thing, beer. Oh. We're going to talk to him. And remember, we're like a week and a half into Lent. <laughs> so we'll see what kind of shape he's in when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Oh, Lord, I'm Shannon, Thursday, March 14th, at the bottom of the hour, we talk more about this Senate vote that just came in a few minutes ago to overturn the president's national emergency declaration. We're going to be talking with Mona Kosar-Abdi from uh, Capitol Hill, exactly what's going on and what this means going forward. The president already said he's going to veto it, but uh, that next step is going to be important, so we'll talk about that.
Well, we saw the story of Dell Hall not too long ago, and we told you about it when, when we saw it. Dell is uh, a director of sales at 50 West Brewing Company. He's from Ohio, and he's giving up everything for Lent. You know, some of us give up uh, sweets or something like that. He's giving up everything except for beer. Mm-hmm. Now, we are into Lent, and we were wondering how this is going to work. Like, how is Dell going to get through 46 days of nothing but beer? And we're going to find out. Dell, thanks for coming on with us, man. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Okay, so you're... He sounds happy. Yeah, I'll tell you that. You're seven days into this thing. How's feel, it going? I feel great today. I, I feel wonderful. So today's day nine. Um, I mean, I feel great. I feel like, you know, when people talk about fasting in general, they talk about like, oh, there's no brain fog and, and my eyesight's clearer and my sense of smell's better and all those things are happening. It's amazing. I feel great. But there's beer involved, so it's not like your typical <laughs> fast, right? Right, exactly. So I gave up all solid food. There's absolutely no calories coming in my body except from beer. I'm still drinking, you know, a ton of water and, um, you know, unsweet tea or black coffee, but absolutely no calories except for beer. Now, you, you talked about this um, This plan is modeled after the way the like Austrian monks used to do it back in the 17th century. Um, but... <laughs> But you're a man who lives in 2019. How are you going to get through this thing? I am. So, I mean, I think that uh, the body is like a really amazing thing. And I think engineering-wise, uh, it's we've evolved to, to go through periods of feast and famine. It's just we never end up in a famine anymore, right? I mean, like, you know, from a hunter-gatherer society, now we just have to hunt down at McDonald's or, or gather our bags at Whole Foods. Like, there's no time that we actually have to, like, go through that anymore. I think the body's engineered to do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test it out. So how many beers are we talking about a day? <laughs> it's actually not – so uh, – uh, Anywhere between two to five. Mm-hmm. I had five yesterday. Yeah, you did. Um, and I did, you know, I, I had five yesterday. I had I had one in the afternoon. I had four in the evening. Um, I had a designated driver with me. Um, you know, the hit, I went to a couple different breweries around town and, and things like that. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I, I didn't get, you know, inebriated. Um, I definitely feel it way more than I used to. Um, but uh, I think that was, you know, so I think five is like the limit. I'm not going to go above five. Yeah, because one of the textbook rules for, for drinking beers or anything really is you got to put some food in your stomach, you know, yeah. before you Help embark. Right? That's, everyone knows that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely affecting me more than it has. Now, look, I'm a big guy as it is. Like, I'm, I'm, I started out, I'm, I'm 6'2", 290 pounds. So I, as when I started this, um, and now today it's day nine, and I haven't like revealed it yet, but I'm I'm already down sixteen point five pounds. Oh my god! Get wow. me a case of beer immediately. <laughs> uh, so wait a minute, you mentioned earlier that you had a designated driver with you. When you say that, you mean an actual human? You're not just letting Jesus take yeah. the wheel here, right? Oh, oh no, no, no! Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, that was that was an easy one. I love fun. I love fun. <laughs> No, you don't. You don't have to say you love puns just because I threw it in there. He's only had beer no, for nine really days. Do. He's going to laugh at your jokes. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do. I mean, part of part of this journey is breaking my addiction to food, and and I, I you know I think that fasting will absolutely do that. I mean, I really want to break my addiction to to chocolate, to marshmallows, to nuts. I mean, I know this is going to be a rocky road, but I'm going to do it. It's funny because I was reading. <laughs> Did you get that? Yes, I was okay. reading a. Uh... <laughs> I was reading a uh, an article, an interview with you, and you're talking about stuff that you you smell now. I mean, is, do you feel like your sense of smell is heightened as a result of you not eating food? Absolutely. 
absolutely. It's amazing. A friend of mine walked up to me the other day, two days ago, in a parking lot, and I could smell his gum. And I said, dude, I can smell your gum right now walking up to me. And he goes, I just put it in. And I'm like, cool, I can smell it. Wow. Maybe your friend was standing too close to you. Well, I mean, you know, we, we are kind of, you know, close friends. So, so uh, is your where you live, is it a, a small town or do people know you? No, I, I live like, I live in the inner city of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, okay. Um, so they, so did they know you around town though at the breweries? Like, oh, there's Dell. He's oh, not drinking or he's not eating anything for a month and a half. Literally, uh, if we're as big as a town that Cincinnati is, we have that small town feel and uh, the beer community is really tight. So yeah, absolutely. Everyone, every, all the breweries around, they know me. Are you just drinking 50 West beers or are you drinking, uh, you have a oh, variety? No, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking them. I mean, you know, I'm an American. I like variety. Uh, you know, eating a standard American diet, I wasn't going to eat the same thing every day. Um, so I'm not going to drink the same thing every day. I'm, obviously, I have uh, access to all the free beer I want working for a brewery, uh, but I, I, I want to be able to have that variety in my life. So, um, yeah, I'm going around to different breweries. I'm going to be doing some traveling. I'll be out in Denver for a week. I'll be in, at, in Atlanta for four or five days. Um, so I'm going to you know, check out the local scenes there and, and make sure that I, I try a lot of different beers there as well. Well, well, we'll keep an eye on you, Dell, and see how things go. If that's okay, we'd love to check back. I if you, uh, if you make it out to Easter. Boulder, Upslope Brewery is oh, really good. I love Upslope, and I absolutely will be in Boulder because one of my best friends in the beer world is Adam Avery that owns Avery Brewing in Boulder. And uh, I, I 100% will be in Boulder in about two weeks. Awesome. Dell, good luck. Thank you so much. You're, you're Gosh, living our dream. That's man. what nine days living of beer dream. sounds like. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fantastic. Speaking of beer, it's time for our news and brews. It's coming up tomorrow. Did you know that? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Old Stump Brewing Company in Pomona. Come on down. Grab a beer and some lunch. There's some food there you can buy. Enjoy the show. Uh, tomorrow we'll be doing everything live, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., including our nine news nuggets you need to know to end that show tomorrow. Old Stump Brewing Company, Metropolitan Place in Pomona for our next news and brews tomorrow. Seven Republicans side with the Democrats. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve Republicans. Wow. Yeah. Twelve Republicans side with the Democrats to say, President Trump, we don't like your emergency declaration at the border. We will go live to Capitol Hill to get reaction when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, next hour we are going to revisit... The old uh, Operation Varsity Blues. I don't want your life. Because it now turns out USC says any of the applicants that are connected to the cheating scheme are going to be denied admission. And those who are already in school are going to have their cases reviewed one by one to see if they can continue their educations there. All because mom and dad spent tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to get them into school. Well, the Senate has voted to reject the president's emergency declaration, setting the stage for the president's first veto, and that is where we begin Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. We're going to get right to uh, Capitol Hill and reporting for us in ABC News. Mona Kosar Abdi is there. And Mona, it looks like this was uh, 12 Republicans who who jumped the aisle and voted with Democrats on this. 
Gary, Shannon, it was a stunning upset for the White House. Twelve Republicans, you got it right, voted in favor of the resolution. Uh, and just minutes after that Senate vote was in, the president tweeted just one word, veto. And that's exactly what he plans to do and has vowed to do all along. Um, I, the numbers at first were four Republicans came out. Probably in the beginning of the week, there were um, the opponents of the um, of the president's emergency declaration were sure that they had the 51 votes needed. Then uh, Senator Mike Lee came out. Then we started hearing one by one right before the vote from Portman and um, from Mitt Romney. And finally, when the numbers were in, 12 Republicans total. And what was their uh, their reasoning behind this? The reasoning is that while they support uh, the president's border policies and enhance border security, they don't believe that this is the way to do it, to sidestep Congress and declare a national emergency. They believe it sets a dangerous precedent. Now, earlier this week, when the White House was still trying to uh, sway Republican senators, the president tweeted then that this isn't about constitutionality, it isn't about precedent, but Republican senators said that this is exactly what it's about. It's about setting a precedent that when, if or when um, a Democratic president comes into office, they fear that um, that president might also use executive powers to uh, pass controversial measures. Yeah, Senator uh, Tom Tillis out of North Carolina wrote an opinion piece in the uh, Washington Post saying that there would be no intellectual honesty in supporting executive overreach by Trump that he had opposed under President Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly, though, flipped. Um, Senator Till flipped. Exactly. Yeah. He um, opposed the measure, but it's similar to what um, Mike Lee was saying when he tried to extend an olive branch, uh, uh, propose a compromise right before the vote, um, and the president eventually rejected it. But he proposed an alternative resolution that would essentially give President Trump a pass, but slowly take away executive powers from the executive branch. Um, they, uh, his argument was that uh, there's too much discretion given to the executive branch and that um, there should be an equal check and balances. But um, the President Trump rejected that proposal, and that is when Mike um, flipped over and he decided to vote for this resolution. How does this play out for the next few days? When does the president actually veto it, and will we see a vote on an override? Uh, it looks like right now they don't have the votes needed uh, to override this. But even if the president does approve it, uh, it looks like it will obviously reach his desk in, uh, within a week or two. But it looks like if he does uh, veto this, that that's not the end for this emergency declaration. Fourteen states, including California and New York, um, sued over this declaration. And so it's going to get tied up in a lengthy legal battle. All right, Mona, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Mona Kosar Abdi there on Washington, sorry, on Capitol Hill there in Washington, D.C. for this big vote today. Again, it was uh, 59 to 40. It was a lot to a little. Yeah, as long as we got that. 9 to 41. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Got the numbers right. Uh, When we come back, I have got to tell you, we'll get into this Beto O'Rourke running for president. Oh, yeah. If you haven't seen the video, take the break to watch it. It's three and a half minutes. It's on his, his Twitter and all of that. 
And it's creepy because it's three and a half minutes of him laying out uh, his word soup. Yes. I mean, it really, you don't really know what he's saying we for save, three and a half minutes. We have to save the galaxy is what he's saying. And then at the end, we save the galaxy. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. He doesn't talk like a real person. But it's funny because of his arm movements and his wife is just staring at him like Nancy Reagan for three and a half minutes in this adoration look on her face. And it, it's just odd. It's and just odd that she was in the video if she's not going to say anything. And my favorite part about him running is that Joe Biden's not even in the race. And Joe Biden's advisors have already cut the knees out from under, under Beto O'Rourke with one simple comment. We'll explain when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue with Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we will get into the latest in the college admission cheating scandal. Also, strange science. Mercury is in retrograde. Is that what's behind the failure of Instagram and Facebook? Mm, And the butterflies. And and the butterflies. butterflies. That's Um, what you guys give me when I work with you. That's not true. Wow. A butterfly swarm? Yeah. That's nice. Allergies? That's what we give you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, we are in the middle of Swamp Watch talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C., and this guy wants to run for president. Amy and I are happy to share with you that I'm running to serve you Amy, as the next president Amy's of the United States. not sharing anything Amy didn't have Beto. a choice in this. Uh, Amy was like Captain Phillips in this video. Former, she just had to sit there. Former Congressman Beto O'Rourke announced this morning that he's going to be running for president. He technically made it official last night when on the phone he told a TV station out of El Paso that he's going to be doing it. He called them, of course, from... Iowa, because that's where you go when you're going to announce that you're running for president. The interesting part about, well, there's many interesting parts. One of the interesting parts about it is that he said just a few months ago, I am not running for president. What are your thoughts on on running for president? I don't want to do it. I will not do it. There's so many (laughs) flip-flops lately. Gavin Newsom, uh, Tom Tillis, uh, Beto O'Rourke, people that are on the record saying one thing and then completely go the other way. He was talking about how he had a hard time in the two-year campaign against uh, Ted Cruz, which he lost. But he said that that was hard on his family. He's got three young kids. I think they're the oldest is 12. And that he spent a lot of time away from his wife and kids, and he didn't want to do that again. That was his explanation in that 2020 interview. And the Vanity Fair piece that came out, Today, I believe, read through that last night, and he talked about it then as well. Like, I'm not sure that I want to be able to go through and, you know, take the time away from my family. No, what the, are, the, what... Re- the reporter asked about running for president. One of the kids is in the backseat of the car at the time, and he goes, Daddy, you run for president. I'm going to cry all day. <laughs> and then Beto O'Rourke says, you mean the day I get elected? And the kid said, no, every day. That Vanity Fair piece, by the way, was a total Robert Kraft piece. I mean, good good Lord. The media loves this guy so much. It's going to actually, I think, play into the Democrats' favor. Because the the field is so crowded, you know, there was just talk that they were just going to eat themselves, right? They were just going to splinter all the way across that. But with Beto O'Rourke in this, the media darling, I think he is going to suck up so much attention that all the other all the other people are going to get nothing in terms of name recognition and will probably have to get out relatively soon. I mean, I think the field is going to have to narrow because of of the love affair with Better O'Rourke and, and breathlessly reporting on him and his grassroots campaign and all of that. Um, you know, 
I loved what Biden said, too, because he really is a JV candidate. That's an interesting way to put this. Joe Biden's advisors have floated the idea of Beto O'Rourke as a potential running mate. Can you think of you think of anything more degrading than on the day you announce the fact that you're running for president? They go, oh, look at you. Aren't you cute? Pat you on the little head, little guy. You got some work to do, but one of these days you're going to. Why don't we give you a, a fake little uniform and call you vice president? Yeah, How would that exactly. go? Exactly. So horrible. Well, and it all but a, it all but seals up the idea that Biden will be running. Yes, clearly. Now, um, in terms of Beto O'Rourke's platform for why he's running for president. The challenges that we face right now, the interconnected crises in our economy, our democracy and our climate have never been greater. And they will either consume us or they will afford us the greatest opportunity to unleash the genius of the United States of America. Time out. One of the things that I wanted to go back to was when he said he wasn't going to run for president. He told the interviewer that all the attention he had been getting, remember, this is before, he was still polling behind Ted Cruz. Yes, he had raised a lot of money and he had a lot of attention, but he still lost. He asked um, his response to that I will not be running for president in 2020. I, I got to tell you, it, it's it, it's incredibly flattering that anyone would ask me the question or that, that that's even um, up for discussion. So that's what that's what flipped him. That's what pushed the needle to the point that he said he wanted to run was the flattery that he was receiving because he was receiving a lot of flattery. A lot of people suggesting that he was going to be the newcomer. He's looking up at just about every other major candidate who has announced already at this point. Obviously, Biden and uh, Sanders are the two who are at the top of the polling right now. But you've got Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and Cory Booker all polling above Beto O'Rourke in just about every one of the last 20 or so major polls. Well, and it's a commercial nightmare for the Democrats if they were going to run him because he lost that race. You know, and you couldn't can't you just see the Trump ads already? You guys are running a loser. That's the best you have. You know what I mean? It's just bad optics. Speaking of the president, he saw Beto's video. Well, I think he's got a lot of hand movement. I've never seen so much hand movement. I said, I love that. Is he crazy or is that just the way he acts? So uh, I've never seen hand movement. I watched him a little while this morning doing I assume it was some kind of a news conference. Uh, and I've actually never seen anything quite like it. Study it. I'm sure you'll agree. It's this, true. And, and Amy, the wife, is holding on to his arm for dear life. And that's the only thing that kept that arm from bump punching her in the nose. I mean. Just he was going so wildly. She was going to get an elbow across her uh, across her lips there. You want a feel-good Trump story? Yes. There was a man in Connecticut dying, terminally ill with cystic fibrosis, receiving palliative care at his home. His bucket list item was to talk to the president. And last week, the president called him. His name was Jay Barrett. He called him last week, telling him, you're my kind of man, Jay. And uh, and then Jay died. So I guess it's not a feel-good story, but the president did take time to call this guy that had a call. What? I, listen, I tried. You mean that the president, the president took, time. took a little bit of time yeah. out of his life, out yeah. of his day yeah. to make this guy's dream come true? Yes, that's a that's, that's the a good, good news. Yes. And then he shuffled off his mortal coil happy, perhaps. Right. Maybe. Um, the other story that I saw is that Kelly and Conway's husband. Oh, he went crazy. He went on a Twitter Twitter storm. <laughs> Twitter storm. Uh, George Conway is his name. Long time critic of 
Donald Trump, how these what do they talk about at dinner when Kellyanne is done with work for the day? Like they go home and she says, hey, what'd you do today? They don't and he talk goes, about politics. Oh, I spent a good part of my day not lawyering and, in fact, sitting on Twitter arguing with a guy who's never going to argue back. Shaking my fist at the sky kind of thing. She said, sorry, he said, George Conway said that Donald Trump, uh, a serious inquiry needs to be made about this man's condition of mind. He's got 369,000 followers. And apparently uh, prompted by the president incorrectly stating that the district judge who was uh, overseeing Paul Manafort's case definitively definitively proved there was no collusion in his campaign during her sentencing. And Conway wrote on Twitter, have we ever seen this degree of brazen pathological mendacity in American public life? You're never – listen, I just had this discussion uh, a week and a half ago with my wife. You're never going to change someone's mind. On Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, for that matter. You're never going to do it. Tomorrow is the day. So now is the time that you figure out how you're going to get out of work and come hang out with us at Old Stump Brewing in Pomona, 10 to 2, for our latest news and brews. We're going to have prizes. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have beer. And we're going to have news. I don't know what more you want in life. Yeah, if you're, if you're one of those people who has given up everything but beer for Lent, you could still come out and have a great time with us. Old Stump Brewing Company, Metropolitan Place in Pomona, tomorrow's show. When we come back, the latest on the Operation Varsity Blues. I don't want your life. Aaron Katursky is going to join us on the Gary and Shannon Show. Because when you do that thing right there, flipping your hair, baby, I swear. I don't think you know what you're doing to me, you got My heart keeps giving a beat. You're not close enough to that space between Shannon. Do we have any tiny violins we can play for USC, the victim, the big victim in this college admissions cheating scandal? Even though out of the 32 parents named in this affidavit, more than half were trying to get their kids into USC. You don't think word of mouth says that SC is a little uh, easier to get into when you're bribing people? It's interesting that one of the daughters of uh, the actress, Lori Loughlin, was on the USC Board of Trustees chairman's yacht when the news broke. Is that is that odd to anyone? Lori Loughlin, who paid 500 grand to SC to get her daughters in. She seemed nice. I mean, other than that. she Except for the fact that she doesn't like school. I mean, she bragged about not liking school on her YouTube channel, her very popular YouTube channel, where she said that she didn't know how much school she was going to go to when she went to SC, that she wanted to make sure to be there for game days and partying. But uh, other than that, I just don't know when I'm going to be able to go to class. It didn't take long for lawsuits to be filed. Aaron Katursky is joining us live from New York with uh, the latest on these lawsuits against all of these schools. Aaron, what's going on? Well, the the lawsuit, uh, the first one filed, involved two students from Stanford uh, who said they applied to Stanford and a number of other schools and paid the admission application fee without any warning that the um, that the the admissions process may not have been all on the up and up, and so they're seeking to have their admission fee refunded along with compensatory damages. And I think, you know, whether you like the suit or not, or its likelihood of success or not, I think it just shows you that the fallout, you know, has come swiftly.
for uh, not only uh, the, the schools, but also some of the students uh, that may have been involved. Aaron, what are the schools saying about the students that have been admitted uh, in, in these bogus ways? What is their fate? Are they going to get not- some? Not much. I mean, it seems like they're still deciding and they're trying to figure out if the students that are there were the ones that knew what their parents were up to and kind of actively involved maybe in, in gaming the SAP system or whether they were the ones that prosecutors talked about not knowing uh, what their parents were up to. But we know that USC today ended up finding uh, at least six prospective students who had applied through fraudulent means and they will not be getting a spot uh where where do we go from here i mean is this um if we if rick singer the guy who's been sort of the mastermind of this but also we believe is the cooperating witness number one named in these court documents he was talking about hundreds of families that were 800 yep 800 families and and you know the authorities were pretty blunt and saying their investigation continues. I don't know that they're prepared to haul 800 families into court over this, but um, you know, because by now the exposure may be, may be enough, but they, they were keeping the case open. Uh, they said some students possibly could get charged, even though none were immediately, and they, they you know, are certainly looking to get, um, to get more people. All right, Aaron, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron Katursky, they're live in New York with the latest. There are so many dazzling little nuggets of information that come out of this. I mean, they're infuriating, but a little bit comical. I think we can all agree as well. well. Listen, if this was if this was destitution, if this if this was a bunch of people who um, this was their only option to get into college, this would be a sad story. But you're looking at a holes. I mean, you're looking at people who are willing to just forego the rules because they have the money to do so. Well, here's the thing that I uh, have been able to find out through uh, anonymous channels. We'll just call it one opinion of uh, of of someone that anonymous channel. that it happens for these connected, uh, super wealthy people to call their their buddies at colleges and say, "Hey, can you help me out get my kid in?" And that it used to happen. Uh, all the time, right? And it 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 just went on. It was rampant. Everybody expected so, that that was what was going on. About a decade ago, there was kind of like a crackdown on this. And what happened was the consensus was, all right, you can make that call to your buddy at SC or Georgetown or whatever uh, if your kid could qualify on his own. You know, if if your daughter who has a 5.0 GPA and a 33 on her ACT wants to go to SC and you know, uh, what's his name? Caruso. You could call him up and say, Hey Rick, can you get my kid into your school? She's, and he'll be like, of course, sure. We'll see what we can do. Um, but the problem with these people is these were kids that weren't qualifying. These were kids that got suspended from high school for smoking pot. Right. These were kids that didn't have a 3.0. They had to cheat to get to where they were going. Right. And that's the part that I think makes it so much easier to swallow and allows us to kind of sit back and snicker at all of this and say, well, you got caught being a complete a-hole. And if, if you're the parent, and you didn't tell your kid that this was going on, how, at what point does the child say, 
Wait a minute. How did I go? How did my SAT score go up 400 points in four months? I believe that most of the kids knew what was going on. And I bet that these kids have lived their lives with wheels being greased left and right. And it's really not that odd or weird. You know what I mean? When you think about it. It This isn't the first thing that has been easier for them to get to. Right. Yeah. Um, Furthermore, to that point. I don't know if this is a deterrent to stopping this in the future, because if these parents are just fined $50,000, whatever, right. it's nothing. It's like $5 for you. Well, yes, but to use Lori Lachlan and Massimo Giannulli as an example, they spent a half a million dollars to get their daughters into USC. And there's a great chance, and we will talk about that in the next segment, about what USC says is going to happen to these kids. There's a great chance those kids get kicked out of USC. And who else is going to give them an education? I don't think that that, that uh, the YouTube star is going to go to college. I don't think she wants to. I don't think and now that this has happened. Which is frustrating because imagine if you're a 19-year-old woman and you worked your ass off to get to USC and you see that this woman is in there and she's going to get kicked out and still make a fine living hawking uh, bad makeup on, on Instagram and YouTube. That's got to be that's got to be so frustrating. You know what's more frustrating? The woman that was waitlisted because someone like her got in and then mm-hmm. didn't get in right. because they took her spot. And see that's what I think will be successful in the courts. Stories like that. Not the story of the two students who now attend Stanford and are upset that they didn't get into Yale or SC. No, that sounds like a money grab. That sounds, That's what that sounds disingenuous. Like. Yeah. You know, I think the lawsuits that are going to move forward are students that were waitlisted or just did not get in and were given up these seats um, in the same year that the the people that cheated got in. Right. And they're they're working two jobs in Duarte and uh, commuting to a community college because they were waitlisted and didn't get in. There are a lot of firms busy today trying to find those kids, I bet you. All right, we'll come back and we'll talk more about this. A reminder that tomorrow is another ne- gas news in Bruce. That's how you say it. Headed out to Old Stump Brewing Company in Pomona. Come on down, grab some lunch. They'll have some food for you. We'll have, uh, I mean, you got to buy it, but bring bring a couple bucks. Grab a beer, enjoy the show. We'll be there live from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m., Bring some coworkers, bring some friends, doesn't matter. We'd love to see you out there. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Old Stump Brewing Company, our next Gas News and Brews, this one in Pomona tomorrow. Gary and Shannon will continue. The president had one thing to say after the Republican-led Senate voted to block his national emergency declaration at the border. He tweeted his one-word response in all caps, VETO! Twelve Republicans sided with Democrats to side against the president. Uh, He was saying that this is not a constitutional issue. Those 12 Republicans who sided with Democrats said it's 100% a constitutional issue because we allow this, then you've taken the power away from Congress to be the deciding factor when it comes to spending money where it goes. Uh, we also mentioned that Japan has become the latest country to ban 737 MAX 8s and MAX 9s from flying through their airspace. This, of course, after the president yesterday announced the uh, the suspension of the 737 Maxes through the United States as well. The last one that was in the air landed. It was an Air Canada flight from San Francisco up into Canada. 
finally landed after several hours. And by the way, most of the people on that plane knew that the plane had been grounded before, which that would have been terrible. But if you you're seeing this, I, they had to have cut off the Wi-Fi. I don't know. Because just to keep the peace on the plane. Well, uh, Mollenbeck interviewed somebody who knew about it but didn't tell his wife about it until they landed. And then she started crying. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not it's not entirely funny. I would not want to know about that. Um, we're talking about the college admission cheating scandal. And listen to this. Golfer Phil Mickelson no. says he is among the thousands who used the same college consulting company. That has been accused of orchestrating this bribery scheme. He said on Twitter today that his family was shocked by the recent revelations about Rick Singer. And he emphasized that his family was not involved in any fraud. I wonder if this may come out in as we get deeper into the court cases themselves. But I wonder if Rick Singer had a legit business and then this one. I think so. Like if you have a legit business for college coaching, it's just a matter of. Here's how you're going to get yourself out in front of the um, the colleges that you want to be a part of. Here's how you're going to work on your essay. Here's some uh, test scores and some dates to keep in mind it's while you're like doing this. It's like those massage parlors. Sometimes Go it's on. legitimate massages, and sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's Robert Kraft. Right. Well, in this case, um, we know that USC was connected to a lot of these cases, it appears. And according to a spokesman for the university who has been very, very busy lately, a guy named Gary Palakovich, he says a case-by-case review will be conducted for students who are enrolled at USC now and may be connected to the, to the scheme. That they're going to make informed, appropriate decisions once those reviews have been completed. Some of these individuals may have been minors at the time of their application process, which I don't think that matters at all, but they would be perhaps legally less liable. Um, But they're talking about the potential also for those who are connected to this admissions cheating scheme that are in the admissions process now, which will not, they will not be allowed in school. As many as uh, 50 people out there stand accused of trying to take part in this scheme in this Operation Varsity Blues that- I don't want your life. Still hanging in the balance is the fate of all of these kids. Because we don't know what- what they're going to do. The business implications have been felt already. Uh, We talked about Hallmark dropping Lori Loughlin from its movies. Uh, They're no longer going to work with her. She was a a regular. She fits that sunny disposition very well. That's done. Her daughter, the one that they paid to get into SC, who has a popular YouTube channel and was making money off of it, making money from Amazon on her Instagram uh, profiles and Sephora had a social media relationship with the daughter, and they have decided to cancel that as well. (laughs) We also mentioned the guy from up in uh, Northern California who had to quit as CEO of a hedge fund company because of all of this. I'm just wondering if anybody feels like, uh, sorry for getting involved in this, or if it's just kind of the, ah, we got caught feeling. If they're just sorry they got caught. I think that's probably the feeling that, is most prevalent among those who have been named in this affidavit. There was a... Uh, or I, embarrassed. I think embarrassed because they're talking about the, the difference, by the way, in terms of the num- the amount of money that some people spent, tens of thousands, 
They said that somebody spent six and a half million dollars to guarantee admissions for their kids. Yeah, they overpaid. They overpaid. That's like when you find out you paid too much for your car. You know, you're talking to your neighbor. Your yeah, neighbor. Your neighbor bought. That's like that, saying uh, I bought. I bought a Kia for thirty thousand dollars, as opposed to I bought a Kia for a quarter million. Exactly. Like, what do you mean you got it for a quarter million? It's still a Kia. There is a rapper, a guy by the name of Malcolm Abbott, who defended himself. I mean, defended his parents. Excuse me. Because his parents paid about 125 grand to get his sister's SAT and ACT scores up. Uh, he defended his parents in a video that he shot inside their Fifth Avenue apartment while he smoked a massive blunt, saying, they're blowing this whole thing out of proportion. I believe everyone has a right to go to college, man. That's the perfect example. Check of out my CD, he added. Uh-uh. Cheese and crackers. Uh- <laughs> Listen, when your parents are loaded, you get to put out CDs called Cheese and Crackers. Man. And you think about the coaches that have been implicated in all of this. I went through earlier in the show the list of coaches Cheese that have been fired. and Crackers. And Now, thankfully, I guess if you're a huge college sports fan, these were secondary tier, second and third tier sports coaches that had to be waylaid here for soccer, uh, water polo, tennis, and stuff like that. And the only reason I say they're second or third tier is because they're not the big money makers that you would associate with these schools to begin with. Listen, I'm not a rapper, but but if I had a rap album I was putting out, you're damn well sure it would not be called Cheese and Crackers. No, yours would be called Cheese and Meat Sticks. Maybe. Wine and Meat Sticks. Oh, Chardonnay and Meat Sticks. Or just Meat Sticks. Or Meat Sticks and Chardonnay. Chard and Meat. There's something there. Let's workshop it in the break. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Good times. Hey, Lisa tweeted me. What? She said, I'm thinking in terms of rap vernacular and maybe cheese and crackers stands for money and white people. (laughs) That's amazing. That was a good translation. Right? Well, in that case, then uh, Meat Sticks and Chardonnay is a fantastic name for your band. Sorry, for your first album. Meat Sticks doesn't scream white people. Seriously? I think all people enjoy Meat Sticks. Name three people who enjoy meat sticks. Monica does. Okay. She's not all white. One. Um, myself. Two. And Nick. Three. You've left out just roughly seven billion people on the rest of the earth who don't eat them unless they're drunk. <laughs> and even then it's a mistake. The Chargers like meat sticks. That's where I got the addiction from. They have those in their locker room. I'll put this on them. They, they, they're not here to defend themselves. That's true. <laughs> They've lost enough. Um, two college students are just the first to file the lawsuits against USC, Stanford, UCLA, University of San Diego, Texas, Wake Forest, Yale, and Georgetown for this whole uh, Operation Varsity Blues. The lawsuit says that these students were denied a fair opportunity for admission. There are other lawsuits that have been planned. Some have even been filed. So 
There was also a strange local story last night. One person killed and a second injured in a collision between planes at the Compton Airport. One was a single-engine North American T-28, which is an old, uh, like a World War II trainer. And, uh, sorry, post-World War II, but a military trainer. And then a single-engine Cessna 152, just before 7 o'clock last night. They collided on the ground, and one person was killed. Let's see. I've got a stack of stories here about bees, about human speech sounds evolving, uh, self-driving cars. Oh, and Mercury in retrograde. They're all science-y. But they're weird. Well, that's kind of been done, huh? Ooh, like strange science. That's a good one. Strange science. It's like weird science, but strange. Well, yes. If you've noticed that things are kind of out of whack, maybe you've been forgetful, maybe a little off, uh, not yourself. It's because, yes, Mercury is in retrograde. This started on March 5th, and it lasts. And thank you, John, for dancing. I love a John dance party. Uh, March 5th to March 28th is how long this is going to last. If you believe astrologers, and I know you, Gary Hoffman, are huge into astrology. You're always in here talking about sun signs and and whatnot. They say... My planet in the house of... Yes. Something? hmm Okay. They say do not sign contracts during this time. Do not buy electronics or anything with moving parts or gears. They say don't be surprised if your mail gets screwed up or something goes awry when you're in transit. Remember I had that kid run into me? Like physically or? In my car. Oh. And be mindful. You're liable to forget something, they say, like your glasses or phone. Have you forgotten anything? This week? I almost forgot my glasses today. See? Mercury. (laughs) Or I was just talking to my wife and I walked out of the bathroom and I forgot to put my glasses on. Mercury. Oh, boy. Or there's also another option, science. Scientists point out that any retrograde motion by Mercury is just an optical illusion. And they vigorously dispute the core belief of astrology, that the motion of planets can influence events here on Earth. There have been no studies, no science that have shown any correlation between the behavior of planets and of people. Astrologers say, take your science and shove it. Yeah, this is an optical illusion. That's what scientists say. What do you mean? That, that's what those guys, are, that, what do they know? So here's what's really happening. Mercury is the planet closest to the sun, and it revolves around the sun in just 88 days, much more fast than we do, right? They say to understand this, picture Mercury as a race car in an inner lane and Earth in the outer lane. And as they both make their way around the circular track, Mercury's going much faster and it has a shorter distance to travel. Okay. Now onto the issue of direction. If you watch the planets from the northern hemisphere... It's mostly where I am. Most of the time, they appear to be going right to left. To left, Over a period of several weeks, as seen in the starry background. Uh, Three or four times a year, the optical illusion occurs. It looks as if Mercury is going backward. That happens when Mercury is passing between Earth 
and the sun. Bingo. Fast. Bingo. And that leaves us in the dust. That's it happens why, for about three weeks. That's Mercury retrograde. Three yes. weeks every time. The next one will be in July when you're not supposed to sign contracts or eat cheese or whatever you said not to do. I never said not to eat cheese. I would never say that. Is when you speed up and pass another car, it looks for a moment as if the other car is actually slowing down when it's actually going exactly the same speed. Right. But it's kind of fun to have something to blame on all of your screw-ups, isn't it? Like, oh, it was it was Mercury. It was Mercury. Oh. Being an adult is like Mercury retrograde no, all the time. It's not that. I read that today. <laughs> Come on. Um, are you a fan of pie and smart people make Today, Pi Day, because of 314, 3.14. 3.14159. Two. Is it? Yes. Oh. How far can you go? That's as far as I can go. You got one more I have than one I One more do. than you did. That's so classic. I saw <laughs> I saw that that Pi, that what we know as Pi, the 3.141592, all that, et cetera. If you draw a circle with this is how accurate Pi is. If you draw a circle that has a diameter of 25 billion with a B, billion miles. And you multiply that by pi, right? The circumference would be 2 pi. So when you, sorry, when you divide it by pi, you would arrive at a measurement of the circumference. I screwed it up again. Multiply it by 2 pi. You would, the measurement of the circumference would be off by only one and a half inches if you use a 15-digit version of pi, 25 billion miles, you'd be off by that much. That's pretty accurate. 3.141596. Oh, don't, like, don't pretend like no, you just... I'm, well, I'm going to start uh, knowing it more now. Know. I'm going to start knowing more now I just uh, because you're not going to one-up me on this, on this. There are currently 31 trillion known digits of pi. Someone has a lot of time on their hands, and none of them. There's no hint of ending or repeating. It's a big pizza day for people as well. Oh, you know, there's that. The whole that. pie thing. Yeah, I would rather have a pie pie, but I gave up for Lent. This What's year. your you favorite? Have, uh, you could have a mincemeat pie. Um, not mincemeat. I would say a strawberry rhubarb is, is a good standby, but I'm also a lemon meringue purist. Key lime is also strong I was just going to well, say, but, if you like lemon uh, meringue, you probably like key lime, too. Yeah, there's only I, a couple of places. I don't like that. pie at all. My dad is a key lime pie snob. I'm with your dad. Yeah. He knows what's up. We come back. <laughs> why it is that your diet may have changed the way that you speak and why self-driving cars are racists. Oh, boy. Ugh. Can't wait to tackle that. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. You turn me on. I like what I see. When you bounce that thing. Like a trampoline Girl, it's your song You know you're a freak So bounce in for me Make it go trampoline Huh I met her in the front, so she was getting low. low. Throw it back, drop it down, tell me when to go. go. Can you do what you're doing? No reciprocal. Touch it out. Mm, not my tempo. Huh? Not my tempo. Nope. Dragging. Five, six, ten. All right, here we go. We're in the middle of uh, strange science. These crazy, crazy stories that we have found that have to deal with science. Um, there was a new study that found that uh, self driving cars may be racist. 
list of concerns that you might have, uh, you can add this to it. Georgia Institute of Technology says if you have a darker skin, you may be more likely than your white friends to get hit by a self-driving car because automated vehicles are better at detecting people with lighter skin tones. That's what we're doing now. We can't figure this out. Elon Musk can't figure this out. Absolutely ridiculous. And then, you know who Charles Hoggett is? Sure. Charles Hoggett, the uh, the linguist, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. He was the one who helped define linguistics as a science, I believe, between the 30s and the 60s. You learned that at Chico State. You're damn right I did. So in 1985, Hoggett proposed that hunter-gatherers would have a hard time making, making F and V sounds. Which everybody knows are our labiodental additions to language. Right. Labio being lip, dental being teeth. When you put the top teeth on your bottom lip and you go far or va, right? <laughs> so stupid. And the re- he says, listen, he says that those sounds in our language are relatively new because even though human babies are born with an overbite, I mean, those are lucky enough to have teeth, it evolves to an edge-to-edge bite. Now, when you bite down, show me your teeth. Bite down. Mm. So your front teeth overlap your bottom uh-huh. teeth, right? What he's saying is, back in the day, That's when all we could yeah. eat, yes, when all we could eat was rocks, that would wear down. <laughs> that would wear down that top level of teeth, I so think, that as we became adults, it became like this, where I, our teeth are straight. Yeah, on. I think we're moving back towards that. <laughs> you know, eating I think rocks. we're going to go back to eating rocks. Yeah. So his suggestion is that labiodental consonants have been a recent addition to human speech. His his argument in this. Now, that was back in 1985. There's a series of scientists who have come together, including Damian Blasi, who is University of Zurich's comparative linguistics department. Of course, everybody knows he's a postdoctoral researcher, researcher there. He said one way to test this hypothesis right now in your mouth is to keep your teeth straight. Don't do the overbite. Get your teeth straight mm. and try to make an F sound. <laughs> oh, the first that's, word that comes right. to my mind. But that, and that's why I said that word during the break. Okay. Because I went, oh, I grit my teeth and I said, far. That's not what I said, but but you know what I said. Far. And you said, what's the matter? Oh, that is tough. It's tough to get that F sound. So imagine if you're eating rocks for your whole life and your <laughs> teeth are edge to edge and you have to say a bad word like that. It sounds like it's even worse. Hey, have you picked up your proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences yet for this week? Well, I usually get them delivered, but so I haven't you don't picked have it, it up. Yet? No. Okay. It should be there. Oh, this afternoon, actually. Okay. This one, right. it should be there. Um, inside, you will find the research that scientists have, my mouth feels weird now that I was doing that with my teeth. <laughs> Thinking um, about your labiodental consonants. No. Um, scientists have discovered that male bees are really good at babysitting. That the, the biological bee dads are not the ones that take care of the baby bees when the mother bee leaves the nest, well, but who? it's other dudes, other bee dudes that swoop in and take care of the baby bees. You don't like this, do you? Well, you don't like not... another bee hovering around your nest. <laughs> That's not exactly what I would dream of, I suppose. Well, then maybe you should quit your job and stay home with the baby bees. Well, why Why me? Is it because mom's out collecting nectar and pollen and, and I'm the one who's got to sit around and do nothing? 
You're, I mean, it's often the male bee that really doesn't do a lot except, you know, do stuff with the queen. Yeah, you're out just like dude and out. You're in a hot tub with your friends in Oklahoma, and she's getting the nectar, and there's some other dude bee that comes and takes care of the kids during all of this. Well, I'm on vacation, huh? Mm-hmm. I get it now. Hey, tomorrow's what? the big day. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. Huge day. Very excited. Tomorrow is our next gas news and brews. Headed out to Old Stump Brewing Company in Pomona, and we would love it if you would stop on by for a couple of different reasons. We have some stuff that we're going to be giving away. I don't want to give too much away, but you'll hear about it tomorrow if you're not there. You don't want to miss out, I'll tell you that. There will be some food available for you for some lunch. Come on out and enjoy the show. We'll do the whole thing, all of it, live. Might even have a couple of special guests out there as well. 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. tomorrow at Old Stump Brewing Company, Metropolitan Place in Pomona, uh, just the latest of our news and brews. And if you've been out to one of these, you know it's an absolute blast. And if you haven't, make this your first time. We would love to see you out there. And grab a couple of friends. Friends make it go better. And drive safe, safe of course, because... It's always a great time. Yes. So, uh, you know, if you've got a lie to get out of work, I suggest food poisoning because there's never a follow-up. And I don't think you should tell people to lie about work. You're a bad influence. I am them. a bad influence, and I'm going to wear it. So, lie. And uh, when you say food poisoning, there's rarely a follow-up question because nobody wants the details of that. Yeah, no, no one's one trying to hear that. Tell me more about the food poisoning. Uh, again, Old Stump Brewing Company in Pomona. Come on out. We'll be there live from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, I just have one thing that I just read that is troubling me, and I don't know why I click on Bachelor News, but I did. And it's an article about Colton and Cassie, and and she says that the first time they had dinner, Colton got crackers and a bowl of Dijon mustard, and she looked at it and said, that's something I would do. I knew I loved him then. Really? Because if I had ordered crackers and Dijon mustard in my first date, my wife would have punched me in the face and never talked to me again. (laughs) Same. Jeez. All right. John and Ken, up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. Tune in next week for the hilarious funeral episode on Gary and Shannon.